This week, we're back with the second part of our episode with Jill Howarth, owner of Born Wise Education over in Western Australia. Last week, we spoke about how for some people, the best time to start a wild business could be during maternity leave or when you have young children. This is the continuation of that conversation. And last week, where we talked about imposter syndrome and mindset and all the wonderful things that stop us from starting a business. In this episode, we talk about what it looked like authentically and transparently for Jill back in the day when she had young children and more so now when she's got older children. Hope you enjoy the conversation. Here's Jill. We'd like to acknowledge the traditional custodians of the land on which we record today, the Kabi Kabi and Gabi Gabi people. We recognise their continued connection to the land and waters of this beautiful place. We recognise Aboriginal people as the original custodians of this land and acknowledge that they have never ceded sovereignty. We respect all Gabi Gabi elders, ancestors and emerging elders and all First Nations people listening today. Welcome to Raising Wildlings, a podcast about parenting, alternative education stepping into the wilderness, however that looks, with your family. Each week, we'll be interviewing experts that truly inspire us to answer your parenting and education questions. We'll also be sharing stories from some incredible families that took the leap and are taking the road less travelled. We're your hosts, Vicky and Nikki from Wildlings Forest School. Pop in your headphones, settle in and join us on this next adventure. As a mother and society's expectations on you can have everything, do we want mm. everything? Can we handle all the things? And and I guess listening to our intuition on what is enough for us, what is too much for us, uh, what is it that we want, what does success look like for us? Um, can you talk to us about how you've navigated I guess leaving a system which was, you know, five days a week, success looks like income and moving up into leadership roles into a small business and what what does success look like for you? Um, I think as well is just sort of, you know, it's been helpful for me to reframe not does what does success look like but what does it feel like? Yes. And that's coming back to that question again, isn't it? Because you feel it. You, you, you feel mm you feel success and you feel when you're struggling and not that struggling is not successful because I would reframe and to go, there's a lot of wisdom in our bodies when we're struggling. It's actually saying, they're sending us such important messages to say something needs to shift or at least slow down enough to acknowledge that you're struggling. Don't keep pushing the boat uphill. You know, when I, oh, I, don't, I don't know what that sounds. I just made that up. Don't, don't keep pushing the boat. <laughs> I didn't even flinch. <laughs> no idea what there. that means. <laughs> I think it's shit uphill. I'm definitely, not, <laughs> I'm definitely not a boater. I don't know where that came from. That's really funny. You get what I'm saying. And it's when I said earlier about that consistently showing up, I think that's a, it's a great, this is why I don't believe it in polarities Mm. yes keep showing up but also be monitoring yourself as to when when you stop showing up you know there's a consistency in in being um committed to something but part of that commitment doesn't mean you shift you keep showing up when you're in burnout and I think these are all the things it's not taught to do and I think as a a mum and a woman and probably just as a human, I think we need to have more conversations around enoughness 
and recognizing enoughness because it seems really hard for us a lot a lot of us to say this is enough. You know, I, I'm not in a, a period where I need my business to grow. Yeah, you know, I think we've become really idle with going. Oh, my, this business is stressing me out, so I'm going to quit. You know, yeah. and it, it's it doesn't doesn't have to be all in or all out. You know, there's times when, like you said, when we're breastfeeding and you're awake at two o'clock in the morning and the rest of the world's asleep and you're being flooded with creative ideas. And for me as a writer, that was the most exciting time when I think mm. back to my breastfeeding years. Because I, I now as a writer, I think I wish I could get up at three o'clock in the morning and just write and then go to sleep in the stage of life where I can do that. Hopefully I will again without having to have a baby to do it but no. <laughs> um that that breastfeeding that creative generative time and how awesome but then there'll be times where your business isn't about creating something new it's about really nourishing what you've got and then you know like using a gardening um, metaphor it's sometimes you're just nourishing the soil aren't you you're getting the the earth ready for the for the seeds to be planted and then there's growth periods and then there's harvesting periods and I think we just the same thing that we've done to our school systems of assuming that learning is linear and in a straight line. We do that with businesses as well. And that that's how what success is, that you just keep going up a ladder that never ends. Yeah. This would be our first year at Wildlings where I think we're not actively pursuing something big and shiny and new. And it feels so good to be saying no to so much. And there's a real feeling of success in that, in that I'm comfortable saying no because I know what what I need. Vicky knows what she needs. We know what our team needs. Mm. And we all just need to mm. nourish the mm-hmm. soil and rest. We're in a resting. We're in we're in our winter right now and it feels good. It feels really nice to be here. And I can't wait to see what that brings in the future. But right now I can't even envision that and I don't want to. Um but I love that. It is. I think business and life is yeah. is a spiral or a squiggle. It's not even a spiral. It's not meant to be linear. And we're humans and we're humans with families and we don't know what's going on in other business yeah. lives, whether there's illness or deaths in the family or babies and just hard times too that businesses do need to pause sometimes or I think we also need to allow more time in our own businesses because we don't need to be on the nine to five treadmill rat race. We can allow ourselves time to to winter and to hibernate or to blossom and run with things a bit more easily than I think in a nine to five. I don't know. What do you think? Yeah, I, I think a hundred percent. It's there are so many more possibilities for how we do things than just these these one way. You know, this is what it must look like. This is what success looks like, and you know, we all, that whole idea, you go to school and then you go to uni and then you've got your degree and then you get a job and then you buy the house or get married. I don't know what order you're supposed to do that in, but (laughs) I mean, does it lead to this, you know, uh, feeling of satisfaction for everyone? No. No, it doesn't. But I think the reason it does and for other people, it's just because I don't think anyone else can plan out a path for you. Part of the problem is when we're kind of following someone else's idea of what success can look like and or what it should feel like. And, and then people are questioning themselves of, well, what's wrong with me? I've, I've got all the things. I've got the house and I've got the husband and I've got the kids and I've got the business, but I still feel like I want something more. You know, that that is, 
I guess that to me is kind of the epitome of of a lot of pain, you know, because then you're always something that is out of your reach and you're kind of trying to sort of gather things that you, you're not even sure. It's just this sense of always wanting more and it's because our culture kind of teaches us that. But little things as well, I think it's important to push the boundaries. You know, traditionally we're, we're taught that, you know, one business can be in competition or opposition to another business. You know, that's sort of the landscape that I feel we've often uh, been taught or grown up in. And we started, I think it was toward halfway through next year, last year, sorry, myself and another teacher who was running a really similar type program and we were friends and we were speaking a lot about things anyway. And on the surface, it could seem like we're in direct competition with each other, but we created this uh, coming together, I guess, this network of, well, how about we actually support each other? How about we mm. figure out where we can help each other so we're not creating more isolation? Because, you know, for some women, running your own business can mean you, you're creating even more isolation for yourself if then you've got to do it all, yeah. you know. And I, I don't think isolation is is healthy for anyone. So, We've kind of gathered, there's about six or seven of us and we're all working in similar areas here in Perth and we we try and support each other as much as possible and we also try to create work for other women, to be other mums, to be able to, to do similar to what we're doing and that's because I think because ultimately I like to look to the natural world for advice and for guidance and you know, we hear these beautiful stories of the way one, you know, a mother tree will send its nutrients to the to the other trees around it mm. to support it. And it, it recognizes that you're only as strong as the other um life forms around you. So I feel like it must be the same for humans. And we really yes. are more supported and more nourished when we work together. And I know that can seem idealistic, but it's something that I believe quite strongly in. Yeah, same. I think when <laughs> When we started telling people that we were starting a wild business course, people are, are you crazy? You're you're actively creating competition. Like you could be, <laughs> you could have half a dozen wildlings like businesses on the Sunshine Coast. And my eyes just lit up. I was like, isn't that amazing? Can you imagine how many more children will be able to access nature if there's more of us? Because, you know, there's not a finite amount of children or families around either. And the more people that see it and the more people that understand it, the more they understand the benefits. It's, I think some of the confidence comes from knowing the benefits and believing so much in the purpose behind the business that mm-hmm. failing is not about you at all. It's like, oh, I need to keep doing this for the children. And I think that's starting a business that is so purpose-led yeah. makes makes the hard times feel a lot, lot easier. That's true. That and it, it's an it's an inspiration to to keep going as well. And you know, at the end of the day, you know, my myself and Nat and Carmen and Bronnie, you know, we all work together at Born Wise, but we're we're just four humans. There's only so many children that we can work with, mm. and it, it, you know, and and still do it in a way that feels really authentic to our philosophy. Yes. And it it feels like well like what you just said, you know, imagine if more children and more families could benefit from this, you know, rather than trying to keep everyone in my little pot, you know, it's, it's, it's when I think of that 
village metaphor that we use, it's I think, well, if I could, if we still lived in a village, I feel like I would be volunteering or it would be my job to look after the children while someone else does the cooking and someone else does the the gathering and someone else does the hunting or all the different things done. And we need that in every little pocket, don't we? Because I don't know. You want people to connect to the to the natural space close to them as well. Like I feel like that's really important. So yeah, it does need to be so place based, doesn't it? And per, and person. Yeah, yeah. And everyone will do it a little bit differently. So and that's beautiful in itself. So I think that as well is it makes it easier for 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 women in business when we support each other. And I know that there's a lot of like lip surface service around that you know it's easy to say yeah. those things isn't it like it's something you know I'm, I don't know how many hashtags of like supporting women in business are out there. There's probably like, it's probably like hugely huge hashtag but there's there's the idea of that and then there's the doing of that and being a, truly okay with doing that as well you know mm. I, mean, I think it's creating new landscapes and new cultures and, and new ways and same as what we want to do in education yeah, I was just going to say you can't be what you can't see and and by us um, in different ways showing what different versions of success or of our own versions of success. So for me it's, you know, freedom and flexibility with my family and time and not having to get up to an alarm and, mm-hmm. and being very, feeling very, very authentic in the the mentoring that I do rather than that feeling I had in the classroom. Mm-hmm. Even though I know I was working with children and I know I was having a quote unquote, you know, good influence, it didn't reach me in an authentic way like what I do now does. So I think without being like completely anti-capitalism and completely anti like, you know, break smash the patriarchy, we're quietly doing those things by resting and not being competitive and being collaborative and working from home with our children in in these harder years and slowing business down to suit the seasons of our lives. And that feels like success to me because I'm not burnt out. I'm feeling purpose-filled. I've got a village and and I'm with my family. I, I just wish more people could access it. <laughs> yeah, same, same. And you know, we if more people can access it, we all actually benefit as well. Yes. You know, that that's the beauty of it. More people can access it. Each one of us benefits and um yeah, I think that's one of the risks sometimes I think of women going into businesses if they end up just doing more on their own, you know, it's more on their own and mm. that can just that that doesn't feel very good and so opening it up a little bit to do it on your own terms and it sometimes requires a bit of creativity. Um I think we talked about it briefly earlier just on the call that that knowing your enoughness, mm. you know, knowing how to do that, how to ask for help, um, all of these things, you know, sometimes being creative about how your children are included in the work as well, you know. What did that look like for you in the earlier years? Oh, I mean, I feel like that that's been a big, big, big part of my journey is having my children involved in my work and when it's right for them to be in the programs and then also when it's it's not serving them like it's constant constant checking in constant checking in of that dance of a family of uh, all of our needs being met and 
you know, I did have an experience, oh, it's not that long ago, like earlier in this year where um, my youngest son was coming with me all the time to Born Wise and it, it didn't actually feel good, you know, mm. like I feel like this is not and he and he said he had a he I mean he was five at the time I think and after one session he so I've been really honest with sharing this but we came home you know one day and he said I hate born wise mm. <laughs> <laughs> and I thought oh my gosh <laughs> what do <laughs> I do with this so. That and that was huge for me. That was huge to sort of navigate that and mm. then look at it really closely and say, okay, what am I really passionate about bringing to other children? And that's autonomy and it's time and it's space and it's being around other adults yeah. to guide your child. And then looking at the irony of that and realizing I wasn't creating that for my own son. Mm. Um, and he was getting that for a while because, like I said, you know, we work now in a network where there's other mums offering similar programs and other educators and he was attending one of those and loving it. And then he, he just grew out of it. It became yeah. too old for that particular program. And I think, like, that, and that's enough, you know, <laughs> that's enough. And Yes. Yeah. We've been through the same thing here. Mine are still going once a week but that's because just luckily it suits their interests. Whereas Vicky's children kind of grew out of us about a year ago and they're seeking different friendships and different interests and that's enough and that's okay. And and <laughs> exactly what you said, we can't expect our children to be learning in the way, the opposite of the ways that we're, you know, we're trying to show that we can offer in our programs. And I just love that we we all get to that point at some point. <laughs> It's like our children are like, I don't ever want to come to another program again. <laughs> exactly. And it's, you know, it's that thing of always checking in, isn't it? And yeah. I think, again, of going, well, this doesn't have to be this sense of my program's the only program and it's the best yeah. program and you couldn't possibly and I can't compare, you know, and then having this sort of, hang on, just stop, Jill, this is, you know, just think about what's actually happening here. And it actually makes a whole lot of sense intuitively. It's just sometimes the mind, you know, the logic mind's kind of battling with you saying, but if your child doesn't come to your program, then it's obviously, you know, and what does that mean? And more but the logistics. What am I going to do with you? Because this was just oh, so easy. <laughs> now now it's become complicated. <laughs> and, you know, our children are great, aren't they, holding us accountable like that, of oh. just going, well, okay. Yeah. <laughs> and keeping us very grounded I, and I, I very grounded very real very authentic and you know this thing of um them saying like is you know that that reflective process that I keep talking about of well does this have we gone through a season you know are we actually entering another season here for you yeah I'm in a different season so how mm. do we navigate that together and that's one of the beautiful things of being in relationship with other humans you know the only way we can avoid that is to to be by yourself and I don't know live out away from anyone else and then you wouldn't have to deal with these <laughs> negotiations and but I think of it as collaboration you know I just think well yeah. me and my husband are in collaboration in life and that sometimes has moments where it's flowing beautifully and then it has clunky moments and that mm. that's just like the weather just changes, yeah. And it, I think that's the other thing for people starting out in business or, or anything, even homeschooling, your homeschooling journey, 
what what you're starting out Mm -hmm. on the first day is not what it's going to look like in six months or a year or five or 10 years. And that's okay. That's enough. Like it's so seasonal when you're yeah. you're running a small business alongside your family, like raising your family. Like right now, I'm I've got the children four days a week at the moment, and I would never thought I could run a business with my children around you dropping off because I'm doing lots of drop offs to homeschool programs that aren't mine, um, as well as ours. Mm-hmm. And I just thought there's no way I could have managed that, but because of our amazing team who do incredible things and just the season of life we're in. Because my husband had needs, like he needed a different business and a different work. And so it's his season now. And that's, that's wonderful that we can all work together and collaborate exactly like you said, collaborate together to make sure everybody's needs are being met. And I can only do that because of our incredible team. If I was doing this alone, my God, no way I would have burnt out and combusted years ago. Same. I mean, I, I just I wouldn't have been able to do that. And then it's, you know, even just that, um, I don't know if this is right, but that the moral support sometimes of just the family, you know, my husband mm. has been very supportive. You know, he runs his own business as well, but he's always been really supportive of 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 this, of Born Wise and yeah. like from a space of moral support as well. And parents, like so I, friends, I I do feel very, very lucky and that I'm often very supported by people. Um, mm. And I'm very grateful for that. That takes a lot of cultivation as well, though, and uh, comfort in expressing your needs and also being comfortable asking mm. for help. As I think when we talk about the village, I think sometimes we think it's just going to turn up at our doorstep when we have children and magically appear. But it actually takes a lot of yeah. work to cultivate a village um, and accept help, ask for help, not just accept it, but ask because we're all happy to uh, offer other people help and feel really good about it, but it can be really hard to ask for help. So I think I just wanted to add that in there as well because yeah, I, you, I, you do to cultivate what you've got. I, I know how much work that's taken. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I'm a natural at asking for help. I'm That's, not sure why. It's um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. Okay, I've got one more question before I should probably let you go. Um, what did working from home look like for you in the early years with babies and nappies and breastfeeding and you know, brand new business with no business knowledge? Because uh, a lot of people again are like, I can't, I can't work from home with children. And I get that. And if that's you, that's enough. That's okay. You know, that I, I think that's yeah. the first thing. But then what did that also look like for you? Oh, wow. I mean, that is such an awesome question. I think I I got really good at finding the, the sort of little cracks and corners in the day, I guess, you know, of just saying here's some time to work, um, here's some time to create I am pretty good at making sure I have time for myself, even when I have got like, you know, my children are older now, so it's like I'm in a different season. But when they were Mm. little, I I was pretty good at kind of creating moments for my own headspace, if that makes Mm. sense. And it was just going for a walk or something like that. But I ha- again, I think getting to know yourself as well, because we don't all do it in um, the same way. Like my husband, I noticed would he'll often write a list before he goes to work in the morning, like a, you know, dot point list. And he kept suggesting that I did that. And I 
that'll never work for me because I'll lose the list or, you know, like it just won't work because someone will interrupt me. So I actually had to get a really big whiteboard and it's like, <laughs> it's definitely not a top list. It's like a mess, brainstorm <laughs> things all over the place with ideas. But I had to put that some, that was really important. I know that sounds like a little thing, but I needed to mm. visually see those things all the time when I was, so I was breastfeeding on the couch. I could see that board because mm. it was kind of like a to-do slash vision board and having that in my giving attention to that, giving attention to that really, really helped. But there were also many, many, many interruptions. Yeah. Um, you know, ma- many interruptions, many frustrations. How did you <sighs> kind of having to kind of sorry, how did you let the expectation of, you know, what work used to look like and your working capacity used to look like? How did you switch that from this is how I work and this is how well I work or how much I work or how much I can get done in, a, in an hour. Mm. How did you switch your kind of mindset around your expectations of what that would look like in motherhood? I think just being realistic and forgiving of myself as well, of of going, I'm not going to get all of these things done. I'm These ideas that I'm writing on this vision board might take 10 or 15 years. You know, that this wasn't all what I've got to do tomorrow. But I used to balance because the creative brainstorming part of my work is really the fun part. That's the mm-hmm. bit I en- enjoy. Same. So I made sure I had of time for the parts that I really enjoyed because that was the stuff that inspired me and motivated me to keep going. And then the other thing was making sure I was locking in some sort of real job time that I had to show up for, if that makes sense. Because You know, when you're a teacher in a classroom, you just know you're there at 8 a.m. in the morning till 3 p.m. You don't try and schedule something in in that time because that's, you just, I remember my husband saying once, oh, could you go do that on your lunch break? You know, go to a post office and say, no, we don't leave the school on our lunch break. You know, just <laughs> anyway, that's what life looked like. And I knew I didn't any have 8 till 4 p.m. windows anymore mm. in that period. That was <laughs> I made, you know, like, when would that ever happen to just be eight till four without interruptions? But mm. I would make had some sort of windows. So I knew like, okay, from 9 a.m. to 9:30. And again, this required help. It meant like tag teaming out with my husband. It meant asking my parents for help. Um to know, okay, this is when I'm actually leaving the house to go and do this thing, this job that needs to be done or pay attention to this, because I know I'm not sometimes for me, being in a space that is my workspace makes all the difference. Oh, like when I turn same. up to the workspace, because mm-hmm. um, I'm, I'm at home, I am very good at going, oh, I'll just do this or I'll just read this book or I'll just fold this washing or I'll just do these things. Um, so, you know, I feel like it, it looked pretty messy and it looked pretty disorganised, you know, in those first few years. Yeah. and And that's enough. That was enough and it worked still. Mm. You know, it still worked. It it maybe looked sometimes to someone who goes to a more, you know, traditional sense of business where they're showing up to an office and there's their phone and there's their desk. I mean, I've never worked in an office, so I don't know if this is what it looked. But do you know, like that stereotypical turn up to the office thing? Yeah. Um, it could be pretty messy and chaotic, you know, um, but it's, my yoga teacher actually helped me at the time because I remember saying to her, and although this is not about work, it's about a yoga practice, I remember thinking, 
I can't have a yoga practice when I've got three young children at home and I'm trying to run my business. And how can I do yoga, a yoga practice? And she said, you just got to shift your ideas around what that looks like. Yes. And she actually got me to time-lapse video. She said, put your yoga mat in the middle of the lounge room at a really inconvenient time, like 1 p.m. in the afternoon, you know, not a time that <laughs> you've got to get up at 4 But Because you're too tired to do that, you know, let's mm. face it. And she said, just put that yoga mat in the middle of the day, in the middle of the mess, in the middle of everything going on around you and just do what you can. And I actually really loved that little video. I still refer back to it now because, you know, I was, I think, trying to do the yoga practice while also breastfeeding and my, <laughs> I think, toddler, he, you know, he bit my nipple in the middle of the yoga practice and one of my other boys was like tapping me on the head and other boys had a fight in the background. There's messy. The dog walked over my yoga mat. And it was really frustrating. I'm not going to pretend it wasn't frustrating. But when I look back at that, I just think I just kept showing up. I just kept yeah. doing it. And it didn't look normal practice. It did not look like a fancy yoga practice, but I stayed on the mat and I did with constant interruptions, but I just kept showing up. And I think that's the same for the the work at home. It might look messy. It might not look like what you want it to look like, but it's just a season. Ugh. What a beautiful season. Yeah. It, it is messy and chaotic, but it's joyful and hilarious and frustrating and <laughs> so much mess. But it is, it's so easy to see, isn't it? You know, everyone always says the days are, you know, the days are long, but the years are short, but it truly is. And I think yeah. when you're starting a business in that season too, it can seem like a thousand years and that nothing's nothing's happening. But just putting that creative energy or any energy into that dream and that idea, things will start happening naturally. And they might not be at the pace that you could have done them pre-children, but look at the magic. Like how amazing for you to look back on that video. I wish, I wish we could do a time lapse of business in those early days as well. The children, you know, <laughs> screaming while the podcast is hilarious. recording. Yeah. <laughs> Even then, like just halfway through this podcast, my sons who uh in the house doing who knows what came in and gave me a smoothie. And I was like, this is it's the little things, isn't it? That it is messy, but it can yeah. also be beautiful and frustrating and beautiful and awful. <laughs> it is. And, you know, and everything is like that. You know, I think we kind of think, oh, well, if I just went back to my teaching job, everything would be perfect and I wouldn't <laughs> have to try to work at home. And, you know, then, then it's just a whole new sort of stuff of, of life, isn't it? I think it's, again, it, our expectation that life is always smooth sailing and neat and button up and all of it, you know, it, it's not mm. like that anywhere. And especially when you acknowledge different seasons of life. And when I think back four years, five years ago, when Bournemouth was first starting and it was a lot messier and I was a lot less clear about it and I was breastfeeding all the way through it. And so it didn't have maybe the like, the, it wasn't in the stage Bournemouth was at now, but it has so much love and inspiration and beauty and creativity in it. And I think that is the flip side of working with children. I mean, and working yes. at home with your children, you know, is, and it shows sometimes I think how much commitment you've got to something. Cause I remember at the end of the day, I think I still want to show up for this, even though there's all this chaos going around it. I, I never wanted to give up. You no. know, so I thought that's amazing. That feels good. Um, same. I think there's been days teaching where I, I have not wanted to get out of bed and I've called in sick on days where I just was, I don't want to be at work today. Whereas 
with this business, there is so much purpose, so much joy. Like spending a day in the forest or anywhere with children, yes, it can be hard, but the the overwhelming feeling that you leave with, well, I hope that people are leaving with is that contentment and joy and fun and laughter and connection. And I think that's the difference for me between teaching in a traditional classroom and teaching in a way where I can lead and mentor authentically and build these relationships authentically is that is those those feelings feel very different. Yeah, a hundred percent. And and that's how I feel. And and that's well-being. I mean, I think if you've got that sense of purpose and satisfaction and, you know, if there's some chaos and mess that comes with that, then like that's almost the trade-off. And I think mm. that I like a bit of chaos and mess. I think some of that can be really beautiful. <laughs> it's life, isn't it? You know, life is not a straight line. It's a roller coaster, and that's how we get to appreciate the the joyous times as the dips. It's it's unrealistic to expect that we're not going to have dips. But how amazing when we we do get to that top of the roller coaster. Yeah. Well, one last little thing is that I've been telling this a lot to people for lots of different reasons at the moment, but I read one of the children I was working with was interested in storms earlier in the year and we did some research into storms and this little fact that I found was that if we didn't have storms for a period of 48 hours, the entire sort of atmosphere would just be completely impacted and it would be lose its balance. And because I like to look to the natural world so much for that guidance and advice, I thought, well, that would be the same for us as humans, the same as for our businesses, the same for our parenting journeys. We, we're going to experience stormy times, you know, and they're actually really necessary. And the only issue is when we want it to be the same. We want sunny days all the time, you know, that that is, that is unrealistic and mm. it's also not benefit as well. So I think if we can kind of remind ourselves of that when we are running our businesses that there'll be days that are stormy and it it doesn't mean that that's not okay and it doesn't mean that that's actually not leading to some sort of new balance or new new I don't know just making things come into balance I guess yeah and on a, a very real um real world example our best days in the forest are honestly some of the wettest Days that you don't want to leave the house, <laughs> the most memorable days are the days yeah. that the families come and they're splashing and joyous, so joyous. And sometimes those sessions get cut a little short or sometimes people leave early because they're they're done or they're cold. But gosh, so many sessions, so many times we come out of those sessions and children are like, that was the best day. And the parents are smiling <laughs> and we're yeah. all smiling. It's, yeah, we need storms. Yeah, that's the seasons. Isn't yeah. Oh, thank you, Jill. This has just been amazing once again. I think we just need to book you in for a regular, maybe you can be our regular guest podcast. <laughs> That'd be amazing. Oh, that, I would be a regular. I've always got lots of things to talk about, but it's always so nice to have to be guided by you in the conversation as well, you know, like it's it's really it's really nice to just see what comes up in that conversation and, and go with it. I really enjoy it. Mm, it feels like we're um, sisters from other misters across the, across the country. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Amazing how similar our journeys, like business and motherhood and leaving teaching have been. And it's really affirming actually mm. to, to see that, mm. you know, we're not just an anomaly leaving, leaving a secure job and, you know, finances and whatnot was a risk and it hasn't just paid off for just us. You know, there's other people out there and in our wild business course yeah. that 
this is working for in all the different versions of success because for some people it is more financial and for some people it is working five days a week. That's amazing. Um, yeah. But they're yeah. happy. They're happy. And and they are going through the storms as well. That's Again, it's not all just beer and skittles, but they're coming out the other end feeling like <laughs> they've made the right decision. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Well, thank you so much for your time today, Jill. Um, we will definitely get you back on perhaps next year and uh, let's see what comes out of this conversation. So if you've got any questions for Jill or if you have got anything that you'd like us to talk about in another episode, please just on our either of our Instagrams or DMs or email any of us uh, and we'll collate those. And if there's a topic that comes up more than anything, we'll get Jill back on to discuss that as well. That'd be amazing. I hope you've enjoyed our two-part conversation with Jill Howarth of Born Wise. She is feels like a kindred spirit to me and the similarities in our journey have been so uncanny and like I just said, really affirming for me that what we do is not just a once-off and we know that because we run Wild Business and we've got 100 different people starting Wild Businesses around the country and overseas but it also shows to me that these businesses have legs, yes, but they have heart and that it's changing the narrative for women and working parents about what working can look like while you're raising young families and what that might look like for you, what success looks like for you and giving yourself pause. And maybe you're not ready to start a business during maternity leave and that's okay too that is as we've been saying in the past two episodes that's enough you know postpartum is enough and you are suffering from postnatal depression if you are just in the weary weary depths of uh, fatigue from sleep deprivation it is enough to just be parenting and mothering please don't feel like you need to be starting in a new business right now either but it might be the time where you allow a pause in your work life to really ruminate and let those creative juices flow about what life could look like, what work might look like, what that balance or working from home might look like. And it might give you pause to reflect about whether that's worth taking the leap, that leap of faith and making change. Change can be scary, but from two different people over the last few episodes, you've heard that we're really happy with our versions of success and they might look very different to what is out in the mainstream media but it is it feels good. so maybe after this episode if you can take a little time to sit with yourself and feel what kind of success you're in at the moment and really feel into that intuition whether that feels good food for thought maybe not but if you are in that creative cocoon right now, it might not be a wild business. It might be a yoga business. It might be a health business. It might be an engineering degree or an astronaut certificate. What does it feel like for you? I hope it feels good. And if it doesn't, I hope you feel inspired and brave enough to just even start thinking what that could look like for you. Until next week, stay wild. Thank you.